I was actually listening to um, a few churches. It's good to study um, other communities and what churches are doing around the, around the country. And uh, more and more churches now are not doing communion in service. And I thought to myself, oh, man, how is that possible that we don't get together and take communion? Communion is like, the, is like a compass, it recalibrates our entire life to make sure that we go over our soul, how we are doing, evaluating ourselves, where we're going. Is our life moving in the direction of Jesus based on his death for my life? And so, anyways, uh, I, I love communion. I think it's a precious thing. There were some seasons in my life, uh, in the darkest seasons of my life, I took communion every day. Um, and, uh, and I would do it with other friends I worked with or these kinds of things. But uh, communion is a great way to remember what Christ did for me. And it just strips our life of everything else but what matters most. And that's that the greatest relationship and everything he did to, to draw near to me. So anyways, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul said this. He said, for what I received from the Lord which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, the, the, this cup in the new covenant in my blood as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. What the Apostle Paul is saying is like, look, this was taught to me when I came to know Jesus after my salvation. The disciples said, hey, look, um, this is something that we did with Jesus. We want you to do. And the Apostle Paul said, hey, I learned this, and I think you guys need to learn this. We all need to learn how to break the body of Jesus together, fellowship together, remember his suffering together, remember what he did for us, and the life that he gave, when he gave up his life, that he gave us, and the life that we now live because of his sacrifice. Does that make sense? And so, uh, in this here, he says, as often as you do it, I love that, as often as you drink of the cup, I want you to remember the covenant, the promise that I have for you. And so many of you today uh, need to remember, if you don't hear anything else, remember that there is a promise that the Lord has for you over your life, that he will be with you. You have to know that he, the, the kind of promises that God makes is different than what anyone else would say. When God speaks, he creates, and he changes things, and his promise over you changes things. We're done with that. Anyways, uh, we are ending. I'm so happy to say we are ending the fast. I, uh, I happened to cheat last night. Uh, I don't know why. I can never, if I'm doing a three-day fast, I, it's terrible to say I know, but I only get to day two and three quarters. If I'm doing a, a seven-day fast, I only get to day six and a half. If I'm doing a 21-day fast, I only get to day 20. I don't know why, but last night I cheated. I made meatballs uh, with ground meat, and I used some, some, some pork, and uh, I put some breadcrumbs and some cheese in there, and oh man, y'all, 
There's a party in my tummy. So yummy. So yummy. Some of y'all know, right? Little Gamma Gamma. All right, anyways, it was wonderful. And uh, thank you guys so much for fasting with us. I, I believe, how many of you fasted at least one meal uh, on the, over this uh, last 21 days? Uh, I believe that the Lord says it throughout Scripture that he will by no means uh, forget what you gave for him. And, uh, and I think that's one of the greatest ways that we can draw near the Lord is when we uh, give up things in our life to draw near to Christ. And so, man, I'm, I'm on fire for the Lord right now. And so we wanted to take a couple minutes and, uh, and share some things with you guys, some testimonies that have come in. And, uh, and so I've got two on paper that I'm going to read to you and three that I'm going to try to share in service. Does that make sense? So the first one came in last week by Alexis. Uh, she's one of our Southeastern uh, students, and uh, she said this. She said, so I'm not the best at praying out loud in front of people. I'm better at praying just me or quietly praying over someone in church. But I've been doing pretty good on my fast, and I wasn't sure, like, what to pray for. And after Sunday's message on the Holy Spirit, this was two weeks ago, um, I've been asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and show me whatever he wants to. Well, today was an absolutely horrible day at work. I cried during my lunch break, and I cried and I prayed with worship all the way home. You ever have one of those days? Oh, man, where it's like no one else is listening but you, God. And so I'm going to make sure you hear me. And this day's terrible. Anyways, okay, so, and so she cried and she prayed. And then in the middle of praying, my sister called me and told me that she had a job interview. I've been praying for direction and purpose for her for a while. And she is so excited about this interview that it was a big breakthrough. And uh, that's wonderful. And then later, as I was about to start getting ready for bed, a, a close friend called me because a family member had passed away. And they asked me if I'd come over. Well, this was the second blessing, and as soon as we hung up the phone, I immediately started asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and to give me words to say and to help me pray for her and her family. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where you're just in over your head. The situation is bigger than you, and I always want to remember people that uh, I am not the only pastor in this church. You are all pastors, and when phone calls like this happen, they need you, and they need you to be able to hear from Jesus. Well, that's what happened. When she came over, she talked for a bit and asked her if I, when she came over, we talked for a bit and I asked her if I can pray out loud, which is something she's not good at. And uh, I proceeded to pray out loud and, and I felt the Holy Spirit with us in that moment, giving her peace and helping calm her. She said, it was incredible. And, uh, and I'm just thankful that in a moment like that, she had more strength and more courage than she normally would ever operate in. And I think that that's all tribute to the Lord. I have another pretty cool story that had happened. Uh, can I ask my beautiful daughter to come up here? Mia Joy. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking with the kids' church, and I don't know if you guys know, but we have a really awesome kids' pastor right now who's been encouraging our kids' ministry kids to fast and pray with us. And so even before... Melissa, uh, she was so excited when she heard we were doing a series because uh, she said, we're doing a series on fasting right now too. And I was like, wow, you're asking the kids to fast. This is going to be interesting. Well, Mia had already caught wind of it beforehand. And she said, dad, I want to fast. And I was like, oh no, you can't, babe. <laughs> if they find out it's cool, I'm in trouble. You know, are you starving your daughter? Uh, and so anyway, she said, well, dad, can I just, uh, can I just fast breakfast? And I said, that's perfect, Mia. So every morning, she would uh, she'd skip out of breakfast, and she'd go and pray and, uh, or worship in the car. And just, you know, she, Mia loves the Lord. And anyways, when I asked Melissa if any of the kids had a testimony, she said, I think your daughter does. And I said, well, that's not fair. 
She's awesome. And they're going to think that I'm just saying that because it's my daughter, but she does. And she had a couple of cool things that happened on this. And so I'm just going to prompt her to say the stories quickly. So Mia, yeah. um, one of the things that happened on this uh, was um, you were at school and someone uh, during recess was ill and they weren't able to uh, do recess. They weren't allowed because of what was happening. And so what happened? Uh, what'd you do this recess? So instead of like going and playing, I, I sat on the benches and played with her instead. And you didn't go and play with all of the other kids in school. You just sat with your friend that couldn't go out there and do anything. That's huge, and I'll tell you why in a second. And then there was another thing. There was another girl at school that this week that um, forgot something at school, and you happened to have something. Can you tell me about that? Uh-huh. Uh, one girl called Alana, she put her jacket in the classroom, and she got cold, and I gave her my jacket to borrow. So she didn't have her jacket. She was cold outside, and you took your jacket off and gave it to her. Yeah. So what is, uh, I know that this sounds uh, like I'm just an overly proud dad, but uh, what's funny is I didn't teach this to Mia. She just has it in her, um, and I'm so proud of how much you love the Lord and what God's doing in your life, but Isaiah would say to this, this is a true fast, um, that you would take care of the widows and orphans, that those that are hungry, that you would feed them, uh, that those that are, are, are naked, you would clothe them. Uh, and so, uh, and those that are in prison, that you'd visit them. And so, Mia, without even knowing what a fast is, other than skipping a meal, was really probably doing more than most of us. And uh, Mia tells everyone in her class just about daily that Jesus died on the cross for her. Our teacher sends videos to everyone, what's happening in the class. And every chance Mia gets, she shouts to the video, Jesus died on the cross for you. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But uh, you probably need to relax on that a little bit. We'll, we'll go over that a little bit. Anyways, uh, I love you, Mia. I'm so proud of you. You guys give a round of applause for Mia. Good. Have a seat. You can go back to kids' church, me. I love you. All right, cool. So uh, that's two. That was pretty cool. And then uh, uh, Miss Cheryl, would you come? And so uh, would you tell the one about Lydia? So uh, Miss Cheryl, uh, if you ask her a testimony, tell me something God's done in your life. She doesn't miss a beat. She's got about 45 stories. <laughs> Honest to God. Uh, she's seen God do a lot of crazy things. But anyways, the So we were in Australia at this time, and my second oldest daughter was 16. And the oldest was 18. And uh, she came to us, and she said she had a lump on her breast. And, I mean, that, that's like a nightmare, right? You know, <laughs> this is the last thing you want for your 16-year-old daughter, you know. And I did not like the idea of taking her to the doctor and having them do everything that they're going to do, which I knew what they were going to do. I thought, oh, no, God, this is, what can we do? And I just, we just felt like God said, fast. And mm -hmm. so we, we decided we would fast, and we asked God how long, and, and he's, it led us to 14 days. Come to find out 14 days is, is a, the optimum for cleansing your body, apparently. So um, our oldest daughter and uh, the daughter with the lump, Sarah, and Paul and I, four of us, fasted together for her um, for 14 days. And on the 12th day, um, the lump disappeared. Mm. Um, we continued and did the whole 14 days, but 
it was in a miracle and it hasn't come back. Praise God. Cheryl, that's awesome. What I want to do is I'm just sharing some stories and talk about things that God's doing because this is what happens. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2 that all of the people, uh, there was 3,000 people that were added to the church in a day after the Holy Spirit was released, and all of them were baptized. And it says that this is how the church began to grow. It says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which means all of these people continued to read God's word together. Continue to read God's word together. I can't explain anything. If you want to grow spiritually, the first thing that you got to start doing in your life is finding ways to get God's word into your life. Uh, and this is, they, they continued in, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. Fear came on every soul, and many signs and wonders were done through the apostles. And now all who believe were together. They had all things in common, and they sold possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone who had need. And so basically what they're saying is that they were giving anyone that had need in the church, they would give financially to help those folks. Anything that was going on, that there were miracles, signs and wonders done. But people were getting together and talking about what God was doing as they were taking communion together, and they were just sharing the goodness of God amongst their community. Does that make sense? And so that's awesome. We're all encouraged by that. That's wonderful. Will, would you come? You can bring your babes. It's all good, whatever you want. Um, Will, I'm so proud of what God's doing in your life, uh, as uh, many people here, um, you're one of them that's just very much on fire for the Lord, and people that pour themselves out often need to be refilled, and they just find themselves, God, doing more and more things in their life because they're making God available through their life. Well, this is the life story of Will right now, as God is in his life every day with a testimony, and so you said you want to share one story, or possibly two. We'll see how this goes. Preacher Will here. I'm nervous. Anybody else nervous? I feel like I'm dressed like my stepfather today. <clears throat> Anybody knows Bob? <laughs> okay. Uh, before I start, I just want to say that everything that I'm going to talk about is only because I prayed about it. I, it's The only reason these things happen to me is because I asked God to do these things for me. Um, I'm going to cry during both of them. So, uh, who believes that God is supernatural? Raise your hand. Who believes that God can be supernatural just for you specifically? Like, what happens to Tony may mean nothing to Jen, but it meant something to Tony, and he felt God's presence. Okay, so, um, who has felt some kind of way about their in-laws? Okay. So, I was feeling some kind of way about my mother-in-law, and she is a complete blessing, so the only way that I could think that I was feeling like this is because the enemy was having me feel like this about my mother-in-law. So there's no, no other way that I could think of because she has done so much for me and Haley, and if anyone knows her here, she's a complete blessing. Whew. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, help. Amen. Lord, help me more than you helped him when he asked the same thing when he's up here. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, so... I was feeling some kind of way about my mother-in-law, but I was also praying that I would stop feeling this way about her because I just felt so convicted. Every time I saw her, I was like, enemies like, there she is again, you know. But I was feeling this way because uh, Haley was pregnant, and I felt as though she was going to try to control the baby when she came and her time. And, you know, I'm very, I hate to say it, but selfish with my time with, with her and the baby. And uh, this particular morning, I prayed about it. 
And not only did I pray about that, but I asked God to show himself to me during that day. And my faith will never stir. I can lose everything that I own, and I, I pray that my faith will become stronger, but my faith will never stir or go anywhere. So um, <laughs> that morning, uh, I asked God to show himself to me, not because I don't have faith, but because I love when he does it. I love when he just, just shines on me and he says, look at this, look at this that I gave you today whether it's a, a divine appointment or, you know, helping somebody out. So anyway, I'm at the gym, and I had, a, I had a class from Kaiser coming in to do a field trip of the gym. There was about 13 kids. And uh, as I'm giving them the tour through the gym, the Holy Spirit just, like, took over my body. And I started crying in front of these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, and God was convicting me of how blessed I am. And just, just talking about clients that I've had in the gym and what he's given me. And what if Haley knows my story, Tim knows a little bit about my story, Tony and Jen, possibly Jessica, Chris Hill. But, guys, I was, I was horrible. And for God to give me the things that he's given me now, it's like I'm, I have to do something for him. Yeah. This, the rest of my life has to be for him. So, uh, man, it's good. <laughs> so... Uh, I cried in front of these kids, and the whole time I just felt God. I was like, man, this is awesome. Thank you, God. From the second I woke up, just sign after sign after sign, all day long he was there. And uh, I'm sitting there by the entrance of the gym talking to two of uh, these students. They want to talk about personal training in the gym. And uh, out of nowhere, in walks my mother-in-law through the double doors of this gym. And I kid you not, she was floating on the ground, coming towards me, her dress was waving, the sun was behind her, and she was carrying a cut-up plate of mangoes, heading straight towards me. And to you guys, you, you laugh about it, but it was so supernatural that God showed me her in this light. And she came up to me, she said, hey, how's your day going, honey? And she gave me the plate of mangoes and gave me a hug, and I started crying in her arms. And man, <laughs> God will never let me forget that situation. And he pretty much told me then and there, he said, don't you ever feel like this about my servant again. And since that day, I've never felt that way about my mother-in-law. She's a blessing. And she's heard me tell this story to people. And I thought she was going to be here today. So I asked her, do you mind? She said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's the first story. So God knew that that was on my heart. And he knew that that's what I needed. And he healed it. And he healed it. And, Amen. you know. And like I said in the beginning, all these things have happened because I prayed for them. That's the only reason. If I was denying God and just, just going about my, my business, being worldly and not submitting to him and saying, hey, God, I need you for this situation or this situation, he would not have blessed me with that opportunity. Uh, so the second one, um, I was in Iraq in 2006, and uh, I got a call from back home that my father was in the hospital. So I had emergency leave, and I went back to uh, uh, Syracuse, I think it's Syracuse Regional Hospital in upstate New York, and my father had passed away, and uh, he died when he was 45, and he was an addict and alcoholic, and we were, we were very close, and he grew up Catholic, and there's little things that happened throughout my life that show me that he loved the Lord, but as, as a young man growing up, I always thought that, you know, if you're living in that life, how could you be anywhere close, close to God, and you're using and drinking all the time, and you know, uh, not trying to put your children in God first. So um, I was praying about it, and I know it's, uh, it's a Catholic thing, but sometimes they pray for the souls of those that have passed away. And I was raised somewhat Catholic, 
And sometimes I catch myself still praying for people that have passed. It's on my prayer board for friends and family that I've lost. So I've always kind of stuck with that, and I'll continue to do that. Um, so I was praying. It was heavy on my heart, and God knew that I was uh, feeling some kind of way about my dad's salvation, whether he was saved or not saved, or did the drugs just totally take him out of the game, and the devil had him, and, you know, these are things that, you know, eternity is real. When we die, we're going to one of two places, and that's, that's what you need to believe in, and the only way there is Jesus and faith in him. So... Um, took me a long time to realize that, but now I know, and I want to spread that to people. So back to the story. Um, so I was feeling some kind of way about my dad, and uh, I had talked to Haley about it, and she knew uh, how I felt. And even I still have some of the old letters that he used to write me, like eight pages long. At the very end, he called me honey. He said, honey, make sure you're praying and uh, talking to God daily. So he'd always end the letters with that. So I was very stirred about you know, his salvation. So I'm laying in bed one night. I think Haley was in the bath or somewhere. And uh, I get a, a Facebook message from a gentleman from upstate New York. Never heard of him, never seen him before. And he said that he's a pastor and he runs a church in Pennsylvania. And uh, he said that he knew my dad and he, and he grew up with my dad and he was actually my dad's drug dealer. And this guy was the, one of the biggest, uh, my mom said he's one of the biggest drug dealers in upstate New York. He would go to Pennsylvania and then he would come back with all these awesome drugs and the whole town would go crazy back in the 70s. Um, so he said that he knew my dad and I, I was like, great, great. And he said, I just want to let you know that, uh, a month before your dad passed, he was in a program and he was getting sober and he called me and he, for 45 minutes straight was telling this guy how awesome Jesus was and that he was saved. <sighs> That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> So God knew that this was on my heart. Uh, I'm not trying to mess your Bible up. Yeah, you can't mess my Bible up. You want to help me? Uh, sure. Romans? Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can find it. You got two minutes. You may know it. Uh, what you need? One second. So, God knew that I felt some kind of way about that. And as soon as I got this message uh, from this guy, I went to Haley and I was crying to Haley at the bathtub. I called my, my mom and my parents and told them about it. Uh, uh, Romans 8, 1, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I feel like I have a purpose, and God wants to mend certain things in my life so that I can testify about them. And it's just awesome. And God has shown me so much uh, supernatural things over the course of the past couple months that... I've seen good and evil in, in the things that I've prayed for, he's given me. And one of the things I prayed for was just to be more bold and to talk to people about Jesus. And he is so happy to do that for you. So if you are nervous or, uh, I hate to use the word ashamed, but if you get, you know, stage fright talking in front of people about Jesus, you need to pray about it. And he will definitely give it to you. I guarantee you, he wants that. Uh, so anyway, 
the mother-in-law story, <laughs> my father. So now I feel at peace and I feel like I'm going to see my father when I pass. So, amen. Thank you. Check. Uh, what's really funny about that is, uh, well, you were going through the Bible, and um, uh, this is a big Bible, right? Like, it's got a lot of, the big Bible, you know? It's my, it's my favorite one of all of them I have. Uh, I actually have two of the same Bible, because I love it so much. Um, I ate that page you were just looking for, so I couldn't find it. I kid you not, one time I was reading it, and the Lord, there's a scripture in Ezekiel, it says, eat the scroll, and I was studying something, and I felt like the Lord told me to eat it. And so the one page you're looking for... I ate it. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that anymore. It's really dumb, I know, but yeah. If you tell anyone I said that, I'll just tell them you got confused. But, but, so, yeah. We're going to edit that out of the podcast if we. All right, anyways, let's get back to this here. All right, so here's one more quick testimony that I'm going to do, and then we're going to take communion. If, you, if the guys that are going to hand it out can, can get ready. Um, there's a photo, Scotty, that I asked you to put on. Can you grab that? Uh, I want to tell you uh, just real quick. This, uh, this gentleman here, his name is Mike Jones. And uh, Mike, Mike Jones. <laughs> it's in the water baptism tank. And uh, did I do something wrong? Okay. That was weird. Anyways, this gentleman here, his name is Mike Jones. And... Uh, we baptized him February 26, 2017. And uh, why that's important, because that's uh, it's the best day of the year. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but it's, uh, it's my birthday. It's, it's coming up. You might want to bookmark that. Anyway, so uh, we, uh, we, we water baptized this guy February 26, 2017. His name is Mike Jones. And uh, what is really neat about it was we water baptized the same day his daughter, um, and God had mended this relationship. And she's not here today. Her name's Nicole. She comes to this church here, Sean and, and, and Nicole. And um, a really neat story happened here. Mike had um, five kids, and he was disconnected from them uh, for most of their life. And he had used drugs and so on and so forth and didn't have a relationship with his kids. And so he lived in Louisiana, and he moved down here. And I don't know when God moved in his life or when he got saved, but he chose here to make the decision to be baptized in water. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying that we did anything crazy, but here's what happened. He got baptized in water here, and he stayed here for a couple months, and he had mended the relationship with one of his children, Nicole, who attends our church. And it was a really difficult process, but it was really beautiful. Anyways, he went back home to Louisiana, um, and while he was doing that, he was trying to find a way to move here. Side note, as that's happening, Nicole brings her little sister, which is another one of Mike's children. And um, here in one of the services, we were talking about forgiveness, and God moved on this young lady. Her name is Holly. She was 15 years old, and, and God broke her right here, sitting right where you're at today. And um, she is crying and weeping, saying she has to find a way to forgive her dad. And it was just this beautiful thing, and I feel like we got to be part of it with his baptism and some other things. Does that make sense? Anyways, Mike went back. He, he since passed away. He passed away last, uh, in December of this year. And so um, he went back to Louisiana. And um, before he moved here, he moved here in August of this last year and passed away in December. 
What was so cool was God healed the relationship of four or five of his kids, and three of them moved into his home and lived with him before he passed. And, I mean, just such an honor for God to, re- I mean, that's, that's beautiful, and that's Jesus, you know. And, that, and so I looked at his Facebook. This last week, I was going through Facebook for some reason. As you guys know, I'm not a big Facebook guy. But I noticed that Mike sent a Facebook message to us last year. And um, I never saw it until this week. And uh, I just preached Mike's funeral. So it's weird that I saw this on our feed from last year because it's buried in our feed. Anyways, this is what Mike said. This is a testimony from Mike who got baptized here and had his whole family relationship restored right here before he passed. Okay, my name is Mike Jones and I wanted to share something with you. I'm in a nursing home in Louisiana. I don't get very many visits, but Monday a friend named Dean Marks came to visit me. He had been drinking and was very sorrowful and crying. He told me that he was sick and that everyone that he loved had forsaken him and he was losing his house. He felt all alone in the world and no one loved him and he was even talking suicide. I was kind of afraid and I didn't know what to do or say. I don't witness to my friends very much and I didn't want to mess this up. So I laid back and I said a silent prayer to God. I asked him to give me the right words to say and I felt he, he, I felt moved by my friend's sadness, and suddenly I felt moved by the Spirit. Uh-oh. I reached out my hand and held his hand really tight, and I looked him in the eyes. I told him that he was not alone and that I used to wear those shoes that he was wearing today. I was homeless, I was sick, and I felt no one loved me and that I was all alone in this world. I told him that I used to be a crackhead and an alcoholic and that I had come to the end of my rope too. He asked what I did to overcome it and I told him that I let go and I let God and I fell to my knees. I said the sinner's prayer and became a new creature and that I had given all my problems to God and that he saved a broken wretch like me. I'm so touched that he shared this story with us. Like with, he, he typed this whole thing out to the church. I told him that Jesus loved him and that in fact he was not all alone. Brother and sisters, I kid you not, I asked him if he wanted to say the sinner's prayer with me and he said yes. And then he put in quotation marks and capital letters, it was awesome. Well, 30 minutes later, he left on a bicycle. I actually Googled this story because his name was in the, in the letter. He left, 30 minutes later, he left on a bicycle and he got ran over by a car and he died on the scene. When I heard the news, it first saddened me. But in an instant, God spoke to me in this way and he said, he is with me today in paradise. Just go to show that you never know when God is going to use you. Thank you, Jesus, for the courage that you gave me. And uh, I just thought that was like so crazy because I know that like many of you, this man said that I struggled to share any testimony about the Lord. I didn't feel confident. And he said, like, I don't know how to do these things. And so, but he spoke up and somebody's eternity, Dean Marks is in heaven today because he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior moments before he passed away. That blew me away that I got to be a little part of that big story um, and seeing healing amongst this whole family 
and all the crazy things. And so I listen, there's, there's a lot of things that God's doing in your life. And what I learned from scripture is from what he did with a lot of patriarchs is he took a lot of people down a lot of roads. They didn't know why they were going down those roads. They didn't know why they were feeling those feelings that they had to feel. And many times they also felt very alone in their life and in their testimonies. But it's crazy how God can make beauty from ashes. And I want you to know that if you also are overwhelmed with feelings of hardship or difficulty, this is how God makes beauty. He just needs a surrendered heart. I'm going to ask the guys to pass out the elements right now. And uh, we, we're uh, just about out of time. Uh, we'll, we'll do it in the next service. I promise. I want you to do it. You'll do it. I'm going to make it. Um, here's what you need to know. Christ also prayed the night before he died, and he said, God, if, you, if there's any way out of this situation, pass this cup from me. And so I know that there's many of you right now that are probably overwhelmed or feel like you're in a circumstance that you're not going to be delivered from. And sometimes the only way through a situation is through a situation. Like you just got to keep walking, keep believing, keep trusting. But for whatever reason, God the Father chose not to save his son, but to sacrifice him. And so I don't know if you're aware, but one of the main purposes of communion is that we would remember Christ's sacrifice. One of the main purposes is that we would reside in his presence. And one of the main purposes of communion is that we would realign our life's direction with his. And so, uh, Debbie, would you come? One, we want to remember Christ's sacrifice. Many of you are in a situation today where you feel overwhelmed also, and you don't know what, what, how God is going to get you through this or what he's going to do. But I want you to know, based on many circumstances, like Cheryl's testimony or Will's testimonies or many people's testimonies, God will come through. Oftentimes, it's going to take a crazy amount of surrender and trust and faith. But he will, you will get through this. One of the greatest honors, I, I hope that you're not distracted right now. I just pray this over you. Jesus, the night that he was betrayed, the scripture says that his body was broken for you. My favorite thing about Jesus is that he went through hell to restore me. He literally went through brokenness. They ripped him apart in order to get to me. My life was ripped apart and somehow by Jesus being ripped apart, I found restoration. And I'm whole today, not because of anything that I've done, but because of everything that Jesus has done. His body was broken for you and me. 
then he lifted up the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. It's a new covenant. It's a new promise. It's a promise of life. It's a promise of presence of God. It's a promise that says your sin will not be remembered anymore. It's a promise that says I will restore you. It's a promise that says I will be with you. It's a promise that says Satan get behind me. It's a promise that says your past is erased and your future is secure. Your eternity is secure. It's a covenant that says I cover you. I shelter you. I defend you. I deliver you. I restore you.